it's time to raise the roof for our third spring training episode. Uh, it is just me and Gibby today, and we have our special guest here who I will introduce in just a second. Uh, Evan is not here, but he will be here on our next episode. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, Wander Franco hit a ball that, that no one has found yet. So uh, we're, we're definitely going to talk about that, among other things. Uh, but without further ado, let's introduce our uh, special guest. He is a senior writer for D-Race Bay. If you guys don't follow D-Race Bay, what are you doing? Go follow D-Race Bay. They're a great site. Jared Ward. Jared, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Hope you're doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing great. I appreciate it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, uh, to start off things, so the Rays are still going in spring training. Uh, they just won today against the Twins. So today, this being Thursday, I got the date right. Yes, it is Thursday. So uh, they won on Thursday against the Twins. Uh, but the story of the last couple of days was one uh, Major League Baseball's number one prospect and the Rays' best prospect, Wander Franco, who hit a ball, launched it into orbit, and the ball still hasn't been found yet. We heard unconfirmed that it went 547 feet. Now that seems crazy, but also there was a ball that Corey Dickerson hit a couple years ago that after rolling went 569 feet. So it doesn't seem like that far out of the question, but Jesus, he hit it far. It's, it's, it's wild to see how, how, how far that ball went. And then there's so many things to even digest about, about that home run. Like I, I thought the ball was over the plate by the time his hands started moving, like his hands were so fast to get to that ball, uh, which is, I mean, obviously why he's rated as the number one prospect in baseball, but I thought I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the, the bat speed and the hand speed on, on him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I haven't heard a crack like that in quite a while. Um, it was, it was a monster hit. Um, yeah, it was a little, it was a little inside. Um, it was like right on the, on the inside part of the strike zone, I think. Um, and he really turned that. It definitely looked around. like he golf swung. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like he just teed off on it. Like, quite like he's just at top golf. Like that's how easy it is. For <laughs> and uh, he, my other favorite part was he treated that like it was like a playoff game, walk off a home run, like, like slow looking at the dugout, dropping the bat, pointing at the dugout. <laughs> like I was like, he's ready. Bring him up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. He hit it. He hit it to the offices for um, his upcoming negotiations for his contract. Yeah, that's where the joke yeah. came in. There we go. That was a he good let joke. It hit that the was a good joke. I like that, Kimmy. That was a good joke. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that pre-pod, so I was actually curious to see what the joke was. But that was that, you. You landed that one well, so I was very proud of you on that one. Uh, yeah, that thing. She, so. I think because no one's found the ball yet and he hit it that far conservatively, I'm thinking that it went 440 or 450. I could be dead wrong because he kind of pulled it and he kind of hit it. Like it wasn't to the gap. It was more straight away uh, right field. I, I still think at least on the fly, it went 440, 450 somewhere around there. Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean, well, I was listening to Neil on the radio and he said 450. So I don't think that's out of the question at all. 450, 450. 480, 500, up. you know. Yeah, 547. <laughs> I mean, if he cleared it, I heard some, I, I don't know where I read it, but I heard someone say that if he, like, if anyone clears the building straight up, it's 550. Crazy. Did it bounce off the roof, though? I I don't know, because no one's found the ball. So that True. means the ball's not on the roof. And it's, it's still flying today, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's still <laughs> in inner orbit. It's in the inner yeah, stratospheres. It, yeah, it's like that Albert Pujols home run in the playoffs against houston where that i think that thing is to pluto by now that ball was absolutely like if the stadium was open that would have hit the, a building across the street yeah. that, that yeah, ball was sure. murdered yeah that absolutely. was absolutely. that that was brad lidge before you know 2008 brad lidge which is not good for us but that's fine <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish we had that Brad Lynch. Yeah, right. <laughs> we just teed up. But it is what it is. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a crazy moment that happened. Obviously, today we got to see the Rays debut of Luis Patino on the mound. Yesterday, in, in yesterday's game, which would have been Wednesday's game, we also saw Austin Meadows go deep, which was a good sign. It was a second home run of the spring. I wanted to first talk about Meadows. So I he looks, well, A, I think he's gotten into much better shape. And B, he looks really good right now. And I don't know how you guys, how you two feel about him obviously coming off of a season where he had COVID problems and struggled a bit at the plate and never really regained his 2019 success but things are I mean spring training doesn't necessarily always translate into success during the season but I feel like for Meadows I think it's going to translate into success yeah I mean it's it's got to be good that he's locked in this early you you know spring training doesn't always lead to success but it's always good to see that and I, I completely agree I think COVID kind of wrecked him for last year couldn't get into a rhythm couldn't get fully fully healed and things like that so um it's great to see him because he is was a much missed and needed part of the uh, lineup last year where i feel like the offense kind of uh, fell flat it's crazy to think the offense could be even better next year than it was uh last year yeah um, and- mm-hmm. that's insane give you good you're gonna say anything about meadows <laughs> oh i i actually didn't even hear because my my internet went out for like two seconds <laughs> oh geez okay well austin meadows oh, how you was, about okay him? okay yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was good it's good to see him like bouncing back i think he's had he's had home runs in both of his games so, uh both his spring training games so far right or the ones i've seen a couple of the games on tv or at least the um the last few games he's he's yeah. gotten a few but he's been he's, he's, he's definitely been improving um you can de- tell he's competent again covid did really mess him up uh last season and he was definitely much needed if we if we had had 2019 uh austin meadows in in uh, the 2020 postseason it would have been a hell of a story um so I, I so I'm, I'm glad that he's um he's kind of like coming he's he's uh well, I guess like he's back to where he is getting back to where he was you know um yeah yeah I yeah I really hope that he can regain that form I think that if the sky's the limit for him he's definitely one of the Rays best hitters if not their best hitter <clears throat> If you take him and Lau into question, I think that Meadows is still the better hitter because Lau hasn't had that full season to actually uh, show off uh, his, you know, his full power potential. But I think that the two are basically one A, one B. So it'd be great to get a full, healthy Austin Meadows in twenty. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like All Star uh, Austin Meadows back. That'd be awesome. That would be that would be an ideal situation. But I wanted to so and then going over to Patino. So we only pitched the inning today, which mm-hmm. is fine because a lot of contact. That is true, but I wanted to get so for I'm I'm guessing both of you got a chance to see a little bit of the game. What did you think about his first outing? It's it's always a small sample size, you know. It's it's especially for one inning. I think this is yeah. his first appearance too. Um, I'm not I'm not too worried uh, by it, especially with him coming in, new coaches, new area, new everything. Uh, not too worried about the the contact that he gave up today. But uh, overall, I was just excited to see him. He did pretty good. Uh, he gave up a double. You know, he didn't let it bother him. No, uh, uh, no, no runs scored on him. Uh, he was able to pitch contact on the next few pitches. Um, his his form's looking really good. Um, his pitches are solid. He's not like struggling to find the strike zone, mm-hmm. or like he he can basically put the ball where he wants to. It's and it's just more about I guess just trying to have more uh, swing miss. You know, trying to have some movement on on some more uh, more of his pitches. So 
He's yeah. looking. He's looking good. He's looking like he's going to be a valuable commodity for us. His his fastball had some ride to it, which I really yeah, liked. Yeah, it, it I had like some. That. It 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 looked it looked electric. It looked live. Uh, that one strikeout that he had uh, was it looked really good. So uh, promising signs. For, again, one inning sample size, but promising signs for the future. The other guy in terms of players, I guess, to watch out for players that I think that we've wanted to look at is um, uh, other race prospect Vidal Brujan, who has been featured uh, middle infield so far in spring training. Again, only a couple of games played. Got the start today against the Twins. What have you guys from the games that he's actually been playing or, or like or like from the games that we've been able to see, what do you guys think about what you've seen out of Brujan so far? I think he's got a little hit streak going right now. I, I do like Brujan a lot. He's He's always kind of been a little overshadowed by Wander Franco because, um, you know, they kind of grew up in the same area. Um, so it's kind of nice to see see what he's kind of made of, you know, and, and and maybe it's like, oh, this guy's pretty good too, you know. So it's nice it's nice having them both out there. But Fidel Brujan's been ver- producing really good for this team, and I think he's going to be an excellent add for our team in the future. I'm not sure when he's coming up. He doesn't. He doesn't look half bad out there right now. So I mean, it's 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 pretty soon. Yeah, I think he. Um, I think it's really interesting that they are putting him in the outfield uh, for some of these uh, spring training starts. Um, I feel like our outfield's already pretty crowded, so uh, maybe the race knows something that we don't. Yeah, they <laughs> they said something like like uh, their outfield wasn't as crowded. I I I have the impression that their outfield was pretty crowded. But... Yeah, I I agree. I don't. Um, but you know, he comes as, as advertised, um, for a while, I thought Bidel Brufan might be the odd man out for, as far as just because we had so many middle, middle infielders in the game. And I was like, oh, he would be a great trade piece for a, an amazing starting pitcher or bat or anything like that, that the Rays need. But maybe, um, maybe that's why he's in the outfield is to help clear up some of that log jam and in, in the middle infield and, and get him more reps. But I think he comes as advertised. I think speed, his speed is great kind of not really for power, but uh, I do miss the kind of contact um, thing, which I think Bruhan brings the table. Yeah, I think that I think that he's good. Again, we're going to see a lot more of him and a lot more of other prospects over the course of spring training. So I think it's nice to see them in these early games get exposure to at least for the fans get exposure to these guys and kind of see what they're about. Uh, because I'm sure a lot, you know, not a lot of spring training games are nationally broadcast or I mean, even locally broadcast now because there's no real Rays affiliate that's close to the Tampa Bay St. Pete area. So it'll be nice to kind of continue to see them develop through the through the system and develop in terms of maturity to spring training. The other I think, thing, I that, think, and, oh wait, sorry, my bad. I my think Bruhan's actually might be a lot closer than we than we think, um, just because he last time he was at Double A, um, so I could definitely and he had two hundred thirty three plate appearances, bat two sixty six. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, WRC plus of one thirteen at Double A. I could definitely see them starting in uh, Durham, and then who knows injuries, trades, anything that happens, he he could be up this year. Uh, depending on how well he does at, at, at AAA. But it's always good to see see those exciting prospects um, early on in spring training. Yeah. So do you think it's possible you see him after the deadline? I think I think that is definitely possible because I, I I just don't know something's got to give with, with the Rays roster. Um, mm, so I just and I just don't know what what part is going to give. It might be injuries and it, it might be it might be trades, but I think the Rays are built for either one. 
Yeah, makes sense. The other thing, spring training news that I wanted to mention was uh, at the expense of the New York Yankees, who, for those that didn't know, <laughs> got absolutely clobbered by the Phillies today, losing 15 nothing. We, living in South Jersey, we have local Phillies broadcasts, and I watched the game in that, whatever, third, fourth inning when they scored, when, when they put up nine runs. Oh, God, was that ugly. <laughs> An old X-ray Matt Moore, I think, started that game. He for did the, two scoreless innings. Yeah, he he did pretty good. So hopefully, find some success in Philly. That'd be nice. It'd be, yeah, but uh, Yankees play like crap. <laughs> was it like fifteen zero? Yeah, it was real bad. Gosh, if you're gonna play in Tampa, play a little better. Jeez, <laughs> bringing the championship city down. Yeah, it's what are you doing? It, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, so we'll, uh, you know, spring training action is still going to happen. We're, we're going to try to cover as much of it as possible. But going on in this episode, I quickly, uh, so I talked with Jared Prepod about a couple of segments. So I, a couple of small segments that I wanted to do before we got into talking more about you, Jared, and what you're doing at D-Rays Bay and all that stuff. So first off, obviously, we haven't talked about trade candidates for the Rays to get. For each of us, if we have one person that we would want want the race to trade for who would that guy be oh well i didn't have a trade picked out i just had a i just had a signing that was heard from a rumor it just it's just i just wanted to mention the Jonas cespedes mm. everyone looking a bunch of teams scouting him out i think a, having a good designated hitter like that wouldn't be too bad if he could return to form how he was hopefully yeah i mean i don't i i, I have more uh targets that i think the rays would trade away as much as yeah, I know. Yeah. That, that's fine that's I, fine I do have some of those. Throw have some this of is those why we're too. here hot takes hot and, takes. You, and you know i think for, for me as a race fan there's it's just kind of part of the fandom right you just your favorite player is probably going to get traded <laughs> so yes. don't have a favorite player just like Ray right Ray, that's it yeah <laughs> well for for me it's like okay you know blake snell got traded and i was like uh i kind of get it you know it kind of sucks he he's great and but you know the prospects coming back or were, were really great and again it's part of the part of the race way but i think the only the only player that for me i think would absolutely gut me and uh, probably most race fans would if and when they trade g-man Choi, <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's probably gonna that's, that's gonna hurt mm-hmm. i don't think they're i don't think it's gonna happen for the record my pick for the next trade candidate i think with jackie bradley jr being signed it makes too much sense for a kevin kiermeyer trade mm-hmm. we've heard about it for a while i think it's still coming and i also think with franco and with taylor walls and vidal brujan and xavier edwards coming up willie adamas might be the odd man out I, I don't know. Terrible. That, Which that would, would be terrible, especially because since he kind of seemed to figure it out last year with with this 2020, he was he was pretty solid for us last year. So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think it would be happening. I mean, I don't know. They're, the free agent for shortstops next year is insane. I could see the Rays being like, "Hey, we got one for trade." You know, you get ahead of the game. So mm-hmm. or at That's least good... after all this free agent shortstops sign, you know, odd man out next year. I could for sure see it happening. That's as far good. as a target, my ultimate target would probably Luis Castillo from the Reds. He would take a crazy package, but Reds could use a shortstop. Willie Adamas plus plus for Luis Castillo. You know, I don't know, but I think I think that would be a steep price. So I don't yeah. know if Rays fans would want to want to pay it. I think it would include, have to include something like a Willie Adamas plus a Vidal Brujan type player plus like a Shane Boz type player to get him. That's a, that's probably a steep price, but yeah. He's a great pitcher. I would love him on the Rays. You know, why have the number one farm system in baseball if you use it for some amazing trade trade pieces? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I I had the same idea of the Reds. You know, you 
like Willie and and Kevin, that's like heart and soul of the team, right? It's and it's so hard to talk about, I guess, but you know, it's definitely something that you feel is coming. You just have so much outfielder depth that you you don't really need to be paying uh Kevin Kevin KK's like sub subpar bet that much money, you know, and you could like trade you trade it off. You know, you just gotta th- like when you're thinking about like the race think, you know, that's kinda what the that's kinda how they're thinking. And the Reds are definitely a target for them. Lewis Castillo, Sunny Gray, gosh, like one of them. Sun- Sunny Gray would probably be a lot cheaper. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they could I think they could make pieces out of both of them. So yeah, uh you stole Castillo from me, which is not really that much of a steal because everyone yeah. wants him. Everyone, yeah. That's what everyone's <laughs> two other ones that I had in my head, which we've discussed before, is one Joey Gallo, because I think that would be mm-hmm. awesome. And I think that honestly, if you would want to do it, you could either platoon him or just have him start in the outfield somewhere, or you could just have him be a DH and just and let him mash 30 home runs a season. And he showed that he has much better plate discipline. It doesn't strike out as much in, I think it was 2019. Uh, and then I think he got hurt. But like he's shown that he doesn't always bat 200, which at least for me, that was a positive sign. And then the other person that I thought of, and I don't know what his contract situation is now with the Cubs, but Wilson Contreras. And I, because, I mean, the Rays don't have really a steady catcher. And they only signed Zunino and Smith to one-year contracts. And I think, I mean, Mejia's under contract for a couple of years, but I don't know if that's going to be the guy that they would want to ride or die with for the next few years. Uh, I don't know if he's going to, like, I want him to pan out so that we don't have to go get someone, but I don't know if he's going to. So if they would want to go get a good catcher, a solid catcher, Contreras is definitely... I would say one of the best ones on the market right now, because obviously they weren't going to pay the premium for real Muto. Cause he was just, he was going to ask too much. The Phillies were going to try to resign him anyways, cause they were too desperate. Yeah. I think, I mean, when we traded Nate, uh, Nate Lowe for the Rangers, I, I thought I was like, is this Gallo? Is this happening right now? Cause the Rays have been linked to Joey Gallo so many times. It's mm-hmm. when there's smoke, there's fire. He's got to be, he, he's got to be there, you know? And I like the, I like the, um, Wilson Contreras one. I don't know with Mejia, and I think Blake Hunt is also a catcher. So I think they raised that. Yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, they got two catchers, and with and they, didn't they get back another catcher in the Nate Low Nate Low trade? Was it I'm, was it was it uh, uh, Eddie Berto Hernandez? Was that the guy who they got back who was a, who yes, was a catcher? But I don't think he starts as a catcher. I think he's catcher slash outfield slash. I was gonna base. say I thought that I thought that he was an outfield prospect, and then <laughs> kind of caught. Yeah, um, I mean with Hunt in the mix. That does throw some, you know, caution flags up in terms of actually trying to go trade for a catcher. And I don't think that the Rays would do it personally because I just don't like I feel like they would go sign a cheap, you know, guy for cheap rather than yeah. for someone. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, our second little mini segment uh, before our uh, discussion to end this podcast is uh, for those that don't know, uh, which if you don't know about this, you do live under a rock and I'm sorry for you. But MLB The Show will be coming out with its new MLB The Show 21 will be coming out in April. And I don't play it that much, but I know a lot of people who do. And it's a good time. And I'm very excited for it because I will probably be trying to play it in some sort of way. But obviously with with MLB 21 or with MLB The Show 21 comes ratings, player ratings. So I wanted to know if there were any raised players to get diamond cards. So for those that don't know, diamond cards, a guy rated 85 or above in terms of rating system, who would be the raised guys to possibly get diamond cards this year? Well, I say, since you got Randy Rosarena at 401 odds for rookie of the year, you could potentially see a, like a, a, 
like a diamond card for that. You, he wouldn't get to. He wouldn't get. Actually, I take that back. They wouldn't. They wouldn't jump the gun. That's a bold and, move. And give him diamond. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they gave him. They gave him a ninety-nine. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. Card, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so, he also had like the craziest postseason of anyone ever. So correct. Yeah. So I mean, I could. Randy. Randy was going to be my first pick. Randy was. I was going to say Randy. Um, definitely. Um, I think an outside chance is uh peter fairbanks i think if he yeah i think i I think he's right on that border but i could see him he opens up the season like you know he's been really great for the race recently so i think if he continues his dominance i definitely could see a mid-season diamond uh peter fairbanks um so those are those are my two picks my i mean obviously randy how can you not pick him i would also say you could also say tyler glass now maybe yes yeah definitely a, a real a real team leader year you know a real number one guy i'm hoping here like he did in 2019 mm-hmm. that new slutter <laughs> i i think it'll be i think it'll be a real i think he could he could be a good diamond card for our team i look last knows forever my dark horse cy young oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah that's a winner that that's a it. that's a good one yeah one of these times it's gonna work you just gotta keep rolling yeah. the dice and one yeah. of these times yeah. it'll work my two are meadows and lao i know those are kind of like mm. the boring picks but i'll take them anyways <laughs> no i think i think they're good and i don't i don't think this person will be a diamond i think they'll be on that border i think ryan yarborough is gonna be 88 90 91 maybe this year i could definitely i listen i think ryan yarborough is our second best starter i think oh no i I, love yarborough but i don't think he's i don't think he's worth like like that's crazy i it's it's my hot it's my hot mlb the show take i think 88 ryan yarborough (laughs) oh yeah because he is a i'm sorry it doesn't he they don't do him justice in MLB correct show, yeah because he is god he's just in MLB the show he's a punk you know I I, I pimp homes off off him all day but like in in real life he's way he's way better like way better like <laughs> yes. so it just doesn't make sense that's my hot my hot take um oh, that's fine yeah. yeah I was just like <laughs> I was like whoa it's <laughs> a crazy hot take I like the Fairbanks um I think wasn't Nick Anderson wasn't he a diamond wasn't he like yeah, a Nick low... Anderson was a 99 postseason uh, no but like postseason. his normal card by the end of the year ended up being like an 85 yeah or something like yeah that. it did mm-hmm so he's a guy, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen because of what happened in the <laughs> towards the end of the postseason yeah. as he slowly uh, lost, you know, everything in terms of his, uh, you know, being overworked. But it's a possibility. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, other guys that might fit that. The, the, the last time, the the highest current rated Brian Yarbrough is a 76. I don't think 88 is really that out of the question. <laughs> we'll I, I was see, thinking, we'll like, 82. I thought you were going to say, like, 82. I was like, no. oh, 91. <laughs> I'm going for it. I'm all in. Hey, that's fine. I like the hot take. I'm trying to think of like a, you know what? I'm going to say this and I'm, no, I can't. No, I, I was just about to say something about Waka and I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> no, I yeah. When you, who <laughs> just knows? like Waka, who Waka knows? goes crazy. You get to the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I think you get to the, I think he, he has possibility of touching like maybe 85, maybe, maybe getting that 85 rating if he has a good enough season, but I don't think he's getting, I don't think he's getting higher than 85. <laughs> Um, and the other part of MLB the show that I'm really excited about is Stadium Creator. Oh, um, they, just they just announced it. Yeah, for this. Uh, so, like, yesterday. are we going to be able to create like the um, uh, whatever the heck that stadium was that they Ebor built? City Stadium. Yes, yeah, yeah. City. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see some Ebor City stadiums, and I, I'm just excited to see all the crazy like Polo Grounds esque 
crazy dimension stadiums. <laughs> 190 down the line, yeah. 600 to center field. Yeah. <laughs> just a, a green monster all the way around. Like, <laughs> well, well are, are there like restrictions field. right now or no? I, I'm not sure. I just saw the announcement on Twitter uh, yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah, so many. I mean, this is going to be like, like this is going to be like the Rays fans' pitch to Stu to like yeah. to like try to get a new stadium is just stadium creator. Just just build as many new stadium <laughs> ideas as you possibly can. Who needs all those renders when you have MLB the show? Everyone exactly. They're contracted now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, I mean, how many people ended up submitting final plans for the for the Trot redevelopment site? Was it like seven different building yes. companies, right? Yeah, uh, okay. I think I think they released seven. Yeah, seven of the um of the plans, which okay. some of them included a baseball stadium, some of them didn't. So yeah, I mean, the ones that included a baseball stadium, it just looked like Truist Park. Yeah, and I was like, I don't want Truist Park. That already exists. <laughs> Right. Although, yeah, I, you know, here's hoping we'll see. We'll see what happens with the stadium. Here's hoping. Situation. Here's hoping yeah. as always. But Jared, uh, we have a lot of questions to ask you about what you got going on at D-Rays Bay, all that stuff. So obviously Ray's fan, uh, not only a writer, but also a fan of the team. When did your fandom with the team start and all of that? I mean, I, I grew I was born and raised in Tampa. So I grew up with uh, with the 98 Rays. I uh, wasn't as involved until actually I probably left Tampa to go to college. Um, and, and then I was part got right back in after that 2008 run. Uh, 2008 and from then it's been so I would say my official race fandom was probably 2008 although I love the aesthetics of the early 90s teams mm. so is that talking about aesthetics in terms of the uniforms or just aesthetics yes in terms uniform of- rainbow the double rays when they wear those I need them to wear those all the time <laughs> yeah the, the field the, the the play on the field was not a vibe it was not it, it, it was not a- it was not but certain like Fred McGriff was a vibe oh I mean. yeah, 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 yeah obviously this is true this is true <laughs> I have his jersey I, I, I love yeah. Fred McGriff <laughs> yeah Fred McGriff was great, you know. Wade Boggs was okay. Jersey too. (laughs) What about the second iteration of the jerseys? I know this is kind of going off, but like that, like oh the greens, uh, the green and the purple, or whatever the heck that was. I have a love hate relationship with the green. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I didn't like the tank tops, the 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 white tank tops with like the green sleeves underneath. Yeah, those were. I like the purple. I, I can't get I it's just like I like I like the aesthetic of what the rays looks like because that's our mm-hmm. basically part of our logo. So like I like that, but mm-hmm. I don't I just don't like most of it. It just doesn't look good. <laughs> yeah. at, at least my opinion. But yeah. I, I just feel like there's there's too there's too many blue, white, gray uniforms. And I love the Columbia blue rays uniform mm-hmm. uh and the dark blue, but that's I always like I like the Padres Brown one. I like the Padres uh, Brown so one's I, so nice. Uh, so I like the the purple okay um, and in the rainbow uh the oh, rainbow no, no, no. rainbow's goaded like yeah, like, yeah. like like we don't even need to worry about that being a, yeah. an argument whether it's bad or not like like it's a great jersey yeah uh, so aside so your your fandom really started in 08 or like kind mm-hmm. of like restarted in 08 if you even want to say that from then when did your first involvement with with d-ray's base start you know i started in i want to say 2015 or 2016 um and uh, I literally just reached out to Danny Russell um, on the site, who's the managing editor on the site. Uh, amazing guy. Um, and I think I pitched him a lot of theme park concept ideas. And I said, hi, I would like the Rays. And here's what I've written for school before. Here's some theme park concept things. Can I write for your site? And he's like, yeah, sure. Come on, come on aboard. And it's been uh, kind of history uh, ever since. So cover a little bit of everything. Uh, I do a lot of the game recaps um, over there. We're just, we're just starting our season preview uh, items um, as well. So you start seeing those coming out on the site as well. 
Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the theme park side of things because yeah. you're so you're so you currently live in Orlando. Yeah. Um, and for those that don't know, Jared and his wife are, are his wife works full time at Universal mm-hmm. and uh, Jared works part time at Universal and has worked in basically any theme park that you can think of in the immediate yeah. Orlando area. He's probably been to yeah, and fun spot. My, my first job was at Bush Gardens. So Ooh. <laughs> Just, yeah, so going back to Tampa, I turned 16. I applied for uh, Bush Gardens and they was like, hey, do you want to go work at Montu? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, go, uh, I'll go work over there. So that's kind of kind of where everything started was, was there. But um, but yeah, wife works full time at Universal and uh, I'm working for uh, the trade show and event industry right now for technology. So how is that? How is that relationship like between because we talked pre-pod about how you were able to go cover the 2015 winter meetings. And mm-hmm. for those that don't know, a lot of the times the winter meetings end up going to Orlando and going to Disney at the Swan and Dolphin hotels, which are in the Epcot resort area. But how often do theme parks and baseball kind of intertwine? You know, not, it's not uncommon, um, but it doesn't happen too often. You know, we, we talked a little bit about, about uh, what was it, the place where the Royals played? Uh, Woodwalk and Baseball, right that was yes, what it was called. Yes, yes, thank bit. you. So a little bit there. And, you know, obviously with the Brave Spring Training Facility formerly being at Walt Disney World, you'll see a little bit baseball fans coming up from the spring training facilities um, to Orlando, but with everything kind of shifting down towards South Florida and over towards Tampa, Clearwater, Dunedin, um, you don't see it too much more. Um, so it doesn't happen uh, too often. And then obviously every time somebody wins a world series, you know, you just won the world series. What are you going to do? I'm going to Disney world. I'm going to Disneyland. So you'll see it uh, then as well, but not too often, but it's always great when it does. Now I was curious about the, so obviously at Disney Springs and I think city walk, I think used to have something like that. Um, or they had like that, like NBA jam place, right? Wasn't oh, yeah, that they thing? had a NBA jam rush. It was a restaurant. It was an NBA themed restaurant as weird as yeah. that sounds. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, it does sound really weird, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. the NBA experience now exists yeah. at Disney Springs. What do you think that a, that like an MLB type store or like a race type store, because the Rays are the closest immediate team. Do you think that that would work there? I think I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really brutally honest and say no, because most, obviously we know right, there's a lot of transplants in Florida and that does not change in Orlando. I think even living in Orlando, I see more, probably the most is Yankees fans. Um, and some some Red Sox fans here and there, but mainly Yankees fans. Now, I think if you did an MLB type experience, an overall yeah, experience, yeah, I think I, I, th- I think that would be I think that could be successful. Um, if uh, especially in a tourist destination like Tampa or or Orlando or Miami, I think it could be I think it could be actually be pretty successful in Miami with the large Latin population down there. Um, but overall, with tourism being down across the board right now, I don't think it'll be something that those parks are interested in or even the MLB being interested in because I do think there's a marketing problem with the MLB with that, but an MLB type experience would definitely help with that. Yeah. I'm trying to like brainstorm what an M and what an, what an MLB type experience would be. I mean, I feel like, I mean, you would, you, you would have to have someone like Francisco Lindor in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you'd have to have like Juan Soto in there. You'd have to have Kyle Lewis and Tim Anderson. And obviously like, like if you're going to try to market trout, that's the best way to do it because Jesus, they don't know how to market him. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's an issue that's always kind of played the MLB and I don't know if it's an issue that they choose to ignore or if it's just a product of the game, you know, trying to make the game more accessible and easier. Although I don't, I don't think the game is that boring or anything you just it's just a steep learning curve and it's not not even a steep learning curve it's just takes a bit to get into i guess 
But uh, so along with everything, uh, going back to D-Race Bay, along with everything there, um, what sort of, so when you first started out, what sort of stuff were you doing and how did you start to evolve in what you were writing? What, like, like where did it start and where is it kind of ended up now? And then along with that, I know you talked about podcasts as well as something that you're involved in. So I, I guess kind of describe like the entire hemisphere of stuff that you've been doing for D-Race Bay since you've been there. You know, it, it it's still even today it still kind of ranges from trade targets you know i've I've written articles about the few the next extension candidate which i think was uh i think i said tommy fam blake snow uh willie adamas and brent honeywell because i'm a big brent honeywell fan i hope he can make it this year i want him to make it because i want to see i want to see because the race have the best tv angle i think in baseball from their from their tv straight on tv angle and i want to see the screwball in person on tv like i just want to see it and he was such a highly touted prospect i just want to see him succeed in the majors too so and you know i've done everything from from those i've done silly off season you know off season can be kind of slow where i think i sorted the rays into a hogwarts house i think they ended up being ravenclaw it could be i could be wrong (laughs) um and then uh season previews game recaps um during the season that's kind of what i uh do a lot of is uh, game recaps, free agent signings. When we first signed Yoshi Sutsuko, um, I talked about, I tried to take his Japanese stats and kind of compare them and see how they would stack up in the MLB. Um, so just the, the great thing about D-Race Bay and about Danny and the team there is that it's always right where you want to write. So if you want, if you want to sort the race into a Hogwarts house, you know, write about it and put it in, put it, put it on the site. Um, so, uh, and with, with the podcasting, uh, I, I like to, I like being on podcasts. I like doing podcasts. That's all on Brett Rutherford and Danny and all of them. They are doing great things. They actually have three or four different uh, shows on the, on the D-Race Bay network. Um, Ashley uh, and Brett and Darby are doing a who's on worst where they're watching terrible baseball movies. Uh, and <laughs> they are uh, talking about them, which has been very entertaining. I think their next one is Airbud. The baseball oh, airbud. Oh, that movie was just oh, that was atrocious. I know, but it makes for a great conversation. Oh, and, it does. Uh, but the movie was <laughs> garbage. Do. It was so bad. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm I'm actually that's probably the one I'm most excited for. Uh, is, is the airbud one? Um, so a uh, shout out to to Brett and Ashley, Darby, Danny, all those guys over there that uh, do the podcasting. Um, and you know, I love being on your podcast too. The raise the roof. I was just really excited to see the site and see another race uh, race site out there more. Uh, I think a lot of people, we always get the joke that you race have no fans, race have no fans. If you spend a day on Twitter, race Twitter is the oh, best. Ra- like, race Twitter all. is chaotic. It is chaotic, yeah, it, but it is, it is so much fun. It is so much fun. It is so wild and crazy and I love it. So do you um, think, I mean, like from other, from other teams, if you've even saw their Twitter feeds, do you think like the Rays Twitter feed is, is kind of like low key, one of the best in baseball? I don't think it's low key. I think it's high key. One of the best in baseball. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I, there's so many, there's so much, so many good takes and there's so many, so many good, uh, you know, people out there doing great research and great, just analytics out the wazoo on race Twitter. And I, uh, you know, you there's there's bad apples and all and and every bunch you know and so you'll see when people respond to the to the official race twitter something about being a race fan or whatever and you're like well that's not really what race twitter is about so um a lot of 
a lot of great people following on race, race Twitter. I think compared to other ones, I see some other takes on other other teams' Twitters, and I'm thankful to be a part of race Twitter. Yeah, race fans have unmatched senses of humor. And like, <laughs> yeah, we and like as a race, we're fan, both you, cynical and funny. Yeah, yes. it's like you can't really lose. It's like <laughs> it is a good time. You yeah, know, it's like uh, you always win in some way. Well, and even in like tennis jets, it's like, oh yeah, wow, haven't never heard that one before. That's so yeah. original. So, yeah, it's almost like uh, we, we've already been in the worst place. We've already traded our favorite player. Like, you can't hurt us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Like, Gibby, I wanted to ask you something. So, going back to what what uh, what Jared was talking about with the Hogwarts houses, what house would you put the Rays into? Is is Ravenclaw? I show? hate Harry Potter. Okay, the then forget about that question. I went on Pottermore and I answered the question like I think the Rays would have answered. Oh, okay. And I, I'm pretty sure it came out <laughs> as Ravenclaw. I could be. I could Gibby's be. Wrong. just like I, I, I go. I, I, you so know what? I would say, I'd say like Slytherin because you know they're crafty. <laughs> you know, I, I also hate Harry Potter, so <laughs> I don't know. It's, I didn't expect that take to be honest. So That's funny. I'm I'm gonna leave that in there. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it. Uh, well, I was gonna say. So I also thought of this one thing. Like, if we were constructing like a Rays style theme park, what would we do? Like, like as in like, uh, as in, like what attraction? What's the manta ride? What's the manta ride? At? That's at SeaWorld. Sea World. Oh, yeah. we could take that and turn <laughs> just, that into. I mean, SeaWorld is the Rays. <laughs> theme park. I think. I, I think you know. And this is this is pretty. I feel like pretty popular within Rays Twitter of. If if and when they build a new stadium, a big request is a lazy river, right, in the stadium. Like, that goes all the way around the stadium, and you can jump in and chill in a, in a pool for the whole game. I think that if you have a theme park, you have to have a, a lazy river, right? Like, you bring the Manta Ray roller coaster, you bring in the... That would be cool. Um, <laughs> the lazy river, and you bring in a, a, a touch tank, I guess, yeah. That would, that, that would so actually be the coolest stadium in an <laughs> Right? <laughs> Just, okay uh, okay nick's the theme park idea so if we're building a stadium if we're building a new stadium uh i, I mean i mean i guess we can keep this as anything but like like what amenities would you want to have in oh gibby what the heck was that? i'm sorry <laughs> i keep dropping my mic no no you're fine you're fine but if 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 like you guys were like the main designers you know like like lead lead people in building a new race stadium what would you want to see in in that stadium water slide <laughs> for sure i think in the outfield yeah. <laughs> i think you know stadiums uh, what's a globe life park was the, was the last one yeah uh, the last new stadium built yeah, um, the, uh, the grill yeah the it, i think it needs to have you know i i like the the place where you can just lounge out right you can just kind of kind of like what uh petco has with that that hill in the back where you can just like court port Port Charlotte has those two side two sides where you can just kind of lounge out mm-hmm. and hang out. I think those would be uh, welcomed areas. And I also think a place because what the other part of the baseball game that you go to there for is for the food and drinks, right? So having a cool place to a cool sky high restaurant or a school sky high bar that looks down over the outfield or so, or something Ooh. like that. Um, and obviously a lazy river. I mean, how can you not? That would be how can you not dope. have a lazy river? I think also a really cool thing would be like a beach, a be like a sand beach at the park 
well, in the outfield. I thought more. of two things about that. So, A, what if they just had a berm in the outfield? No seats, just a berm. <laughs> that would be good. That would be wild. Isn't that like <laughs> that would be a wild. concept for the A Stadium right now? Is that? No, I thought I just think so, like, yeah. No. Is it? Yeah, I think it's like a it's almost like a V in the outfield and yeah. it, with it's like a valley and it's like a whole just berm pretty crazy area. Yeah, it looks great. But uh how would it, it would it would really depend on what I would want to do stadium, like where the stadium was. If it was an Ebor, I'd want to keep that stadium classy. I'd still want the yeah. lazy river though, but I'd want it to be like <laughs> a brick, like kind of Canvan Yards looking kind of place. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like a with a cigar like lounge. A, yeah, like a, just a classy looking place that down in Ebor. If it's on the ocean, though, make that thing like an architectural like ma- marvel of generations, mm-hmm. dude. Like I'm just trying to like, think, like the original concepts of it, how it looks Could like, you, a, like a sail. A with a sail. Could you like a build sail? it yeah. into like the beach and just like have the sand already exist? Yeah, I mean, you can have it like how think right now. you can have it like how. Uh, I don't even know. Francisco's ballpark is you have like a little water place where you can hit it into the water. I mean, it wasn't in Ybor City, right on Hillsborough River, or right by the, right by the bay. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could put it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to. I don't know what the proposed site was, but I'm trying to figure out how you would just incorporate sand into it because I think that like the beach thing is cool, and I like the Padres used to do it at one point, and then obviously that don't exist anymore because it's just like a party area. But yeah, I was gonna say, and then the beach also gives me like mad '90s vibes, so maybe that's where it's coming from. Like, (laughs) I I think the berm would be so much cooler because like there'd be no rules on the berm. Like you sit anywhere you want. It's you know general. People get trucked on the berm. Yeah, people get (laughs) trucked. That would cause immense chaos, which I don't think would be a good thing, but I think it would be fun. I also um, think I I think I saw a concept. This might be the most recent one where it was all it was like a glass without the greenhouse effect, you know, being in Tampa with thunderstorms and things like that. I think but that would be amazing if you could get not a covered roof, not a dome, but just like a glass, you know, and you could still have real glass real grass in the outfield because you could get sunlight in there. But yeah, I would say glass roof, lazy river. And a cigar lounge. <laughs> yes. Is it good ways to go? Good ways to well, go. Well, all good ballparks have. Yes. <laughs> that would be, my God, I don't know what would happen with that, but I think that would be awesome. Over these, I guess, is these last 12 years that you've really been involved, you know, you've you've been involved with kind of everything race fandom wise. Is there, it, like, when you're writing, is there ever a time that you have to kind of just, dis- um, like, distinguish professionalism of writing from being a race fan or are the two just kind of go hand in hand with what you're doing at the race bay no i think i think the two go hand in hand you know we're a race or a race site we write about the race so i don't think um there's a point where i take that out there's a lot of smart uh you know people at uh d race bay so a lot of times and 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 great editors too so a lot of times that it'll um be hey you know this is i know this is the original direction we were taking but Shifting gears, I, I would probably say is um, not the hardest part, but just figuring out what you what you're writing about as you're writing it um, mm-hmm. happens a lot. Uh, yeah. But no, it's it's a race site. We you know with race content, we we want to talk about the race all the time. This is true. What are some of your favorite moments, um, just as a race fan uh, in these in these last few years? I mean, obviously, I'm sure 2020 probably has a special place in your heart, among other things. But yeah, I mean, 2020. So, you know, with, with last year and everything, the Rays are going on this tear 
They're going through the playoffs. And I text my mom and I go, so they just announced World Series would let people in. What are your thoughts? And she's like, if they get there, we're going. And so we went and we went to game four of the World Series. Uh, it was me, my brother, Jeez. my mom and my wife. <laughs> so we saw all that, all those emotions happen live in real, for real time. Uh, best baseball game I've ever been to. Best. So, I, I mean, that's that's number one for me. And I know. I mean, I feel like even if you just go through the top five, two at least two of the top five is tw- is twenty twenty. Mike Rosso off of Roldis Chapman and that was amazing. Game, game four, um, and then you know another one of my favorites is, and I think this is a little bit underrated. It was uh, Jose Lobaton's uh, walk off home run against Koji Uehara in the uh, twenty thirteen ALDS. He hit, he hit into the tank. He hit into the tank, and like, that was a that was sick. A, that was when Koji was the best reliever in baseball at the time. He was. He, he was just dominating and mowing everybody down. So that's probably, that's one of my favorites. And obviously 162 and yeah, but game four, game four is number, game four is number one for me. Yeah. I, I, a lot of, a lot of race fans love 162, but being at game four was incredible. Absolutely. That must've been a dream. That is, that's incredible. Just yeah. to experience all of that. It was when, and I said, I said to my wife, I said, Brett Phillips, is not, I'm not sure is the guy that I want right now at the plate. Oh, and I said I was, that I was like, oh, it's gonna come down to Brett Phillips. That's yep. who it's gonna be. And and boy, I was, did I eat my words. I've never I've never been more happy to be wrong about that in my yeah, life. Yeah. And when I saw the hit go down, I was like, cool, we're tied. That's all I need. I need a tie. That's it. Because Kiermaier was on second. Kiermaier scoring from second. Like everybody's running because I think it was two strikes and two outs, right? Something was, like that. Or, definitely. That, I don't that know. It was all, I don't know. It was all just a blur. <laughs> it was just scream white, scream white, and then yeah, oh, it was, ultimate satisfaction. It, it was, um, and then we saw Randy fall, and then we saw the ball get away, and it was just, it was, it was wild. It was the the craziest, craziest thing I've ever seen. What did you do for Game Five of the uh, or the Brousseau home run? Where were you at? I was at home, and I think we were on a Zoom because we were doing a T race babe like reaction. I think podcast. I was on Zoom with the other Rays Bay writer, and we all freaked out. I, I couldn't believe it. It, it. You can't, you can't write it. You can't write that. That was um, that was an incredible moment. I just like because I didn't want to make a lot of noise for my parents upstairs, so he hit it, and I just said, I just kept saying, "Oh my god," and pacing back and forth in my basement, <laughs> and that was the only thing that I said for probably like five minutes because I was just like, "There's no way that I just saw this." Yeah, and I think my Absolutely. my wife was in home, but she was. Uh, she was watching me because we have one of those dog cameras in our living room. So I think she was, she was watching me because I was going, I was going crazy. I was going crazy during that game. That was, and that was I, like, it, you know, there's, there it's moments like that, that even though the Rays, there's a lot of things that I'm sure that we wish were very different about the franchise in terms of maybe how it's run and all that kind of stuff. But it's moments like that, that never make you want to leave the fan base. No. And especially with like how Twitter reacted to that, that was, I mean, that was an insane moment. And I mean, this, this I've, I've gone back and forth and this might be maybe not a controversial take, but if, if the race move, right, you know, it comes down to, does that take my fandom 
out of is that enough to take my fandom out and i don't know i if i'm being really honest with myself i don't know if it is like if they move to montreal if they move to nashville if they move wherever i'm still probably going to be a fan because of all these moments that this that this team gave me um you know i think it would be very difficult for me to just throw all that out so but you know i know a lot of people feel differently about that but i'd be more fine with nashville than i would like if they went to montreal i'm done but if they went to nashville i mean i understand that i I get that that's that's there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that but i think if they moved to montreal i was probably like yeah i'm still gonna watch them i'm still gonna keep i'm still i probably still write about them and yeah nashville would be dope though like honestly i would be i i am i am for nashville like if they went to nashville now i have an excuse to go to nashville i've never been to nashville before and that would be that would be plenty excuse for me to go there i would be 100 percent for that yeah i think there's just something to me if they moved it just wouldn't be the same to me it was yeah. Yeah, like after that it doesn't feel like the same team to me you know like when the uh who is it which team are you trying to think of the ravens moved or mm. the browns moved and they were originally the, and then and then, and then the, they became then the, the Browns Ram- came in. Yeah, and then the new Browns came in. So like I feel like, you know, you kind of lose that kind of you're going to lose most of that support from that uh, area, you know. And I feel like they're just like just just like, you know, you've grown I've grown up with them my whole life, you know. They they've been there here. It would just be heartbreaking for at this for sure. point for them to go. For sure. Absolutely. Right? And yeah, I don't I don't think there's not a wrong answer, you know. There's not yeah, a there's exactly. not a there's not a bad take. I mean, maybe my take is bad, I don't know. <laughs> but there's not a there's not a It's um, just a take. There's nothing wrong with it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a take. It's like a guilty pleasures. There's no such thing. It's just yeah. Don't be don't feel guilty. Um they you know, it's a, everybody's going to feel differently about it, but I just think emotionally and I've seen them in person and be, it would suck to miss how close they are to Orlando, but you know, I've already invested this much in a team and I don't, it's already gave me so many great moments that stick with them through thick and thin, you know? Yeah. I feel that. All right. Well, I got some quick hitters for you, Jared, before we end this. So first thing, uh, favorite past, present and all time race player. Favorite past, present and all time race player. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I know it's a loaded question. This is these these yeah. why we ask the tough hitters at the end. I think my my favorite in a past pre, what is what defines past? So, so, so past is just like I, I would say probably past is like pre pre-08. Pre-08, wow. Well, um, I mean I mean like definitely I mean like present is obviously like guys currently on the team, but yeah. past, I mean, I guess you know, we we've had people throw in like guys from the 08, 10, 11 era. Um, even before then. And then obviously all time is just like, if there's a guy that's kind of fits into that mold, then you can just mm-hmm. use that as that. But I know, I, I don't think anyone's ever like overlapped them before. Man, my feel like there's so many to choose from for past ones. You know, obvious, obvious choice is Evan, Evan Longoria, you know, that's probably, that might be my all time favorite, right? But you know, who's one that I, that I really, I think that doesn't go underrated, but I just really miss a lot is Malik Smith. Um, Ooh, first uh, yeah, I mentioned of Malik Smith on the I don't know if I don't know if he would be my all-time favorite pass player, but he's but he's definitely top five. I think you know I just I I really liked him on the team. I liked that he was always at Lightning games too. I liked his big Florida gold chain. That was really um, cool. I love that. So I I really I really like Malik Smith. Tommy Pham's another one up there. You know here for a short while, but I I really liked him uh, on the team. And I, I if I'm going pass pass, yeah, I would probably say Evan Evan Longoria. Yeah. I, I, I can't I can't not. What about what about what about present day? Current team. Present day current team. G Man. I mean G Man Choi. <laughs> like, like I love G Man Choi. <laughs> we love G Man here. We are G Man stands. Um 
G Man Chore with uh probably Randy as a close as a close second. And then like all t- all time I think it's still it's still Evan, you know. Yeah. All time favorite race, probably Evan Longoria. I like that. Those are good picks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh second thing. So obviously the trop gets quite a bad rap. Uh yep. probably not warranted. Uh well yep. first, A, do you think it's warranted? And B, what do you think is the best amenity about the trop for those that haven't gone to it? What do you think is the best thing for people to experience when they're there? I don't think the rep is deserved. I think the drive, the rep of the drive to the trop, especially from Orlando, is deserved. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that drive is awful. But once you're there, I think the park, it's 72 degrees inside year round, like in Florida. Like, how can you not like that? And so I don't think I don't think the the rep is deserved. And when people say, you know, attendance jokes, I'm like, okay, cool. I can go get a race ticket for like 10 bucks and go see the race play. Like, you know, it's cost I'll me less to go to a race game. Week. Yeah. That's cost me less to go to a race game than it is to go see a movie someday. So um, and I think the best amenity, let's see. I mean, they still have the the barbecue. I mean, it's been a, over a year now, so I don't even know what, what they're still gonna have, what yeah. they're still gonna have there. Um, I think the Ted Williams Museum is a little underrated there i think if you get a chance get there early go see the museum um it's really i think really incredible and as far as food goes if taco bus is still there i love i love taco bus and i just love that they have a local tampa restaurant in the stadium too so that would that would be my my two my two things must sees it's the ted williams museum and taco bus Two, two good choices there. We've been asking everyone this. So obviously, Wander Watch is in full effect. Yes. Uh, we all want him to be on the team literally as soon as possible, including opening day. Do you think he's getting called up this year? And if he's getting called up, when? Wander is in, you know, I, I see both sides. Wander is the number one prospect in baseball for two years running now. Um, and I think there's only been like four players ever mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and I think one it was like... I don't know. Yeah, I, one Mauer, of them was Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper, and then another guy, Andrew Jones. May, yeah, I think it was Jones. Yeah, and so there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. I mean, we've all seen the Bryce, Bryce. It, the pressure got to Bryce Harper before, um, you know. So I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. So I don't, I don't think the Rays want to rush that. He also hasn't played above a ball. Um, obviously, we've seen him the past, you know, that home run. He's been able to handle above a ball, but I, I. I think he I think he starts at AAA. I don't see how he does not start at AAA. I think he skips AA and goes straight to AAA. And I think if he matches at AAA, there's no chance that he does not get called up. Like I just I just don't see if he's hitting 280 at 280 300 at AAA like call the kid up. Like I if he struggles at AAA and I think when he first went to Charlotte he had a little bit of struggle when he first started. I think for every move up he's struggled, adjusted and then starts just mashing. Um so I could I could see it in as a September call up. I would not be surprised by September call up, but I also would not be surprised if it was a month after AAA started and he gets called up as well. But I do think it happens this year. I don't I don't see how it how it doesn't. All right, and then my last question for you is 2021 season predictions. You don't have to give a record if you want, but what do you think is going to happen with this race team this year? Man, this div- this division is is tough. It's the AL East is the I think the toughest. Div- it's always the toughest division to win in, and I think. Uh, kind of uh, some things I've seen mentioned has been, you know, all teams are, are adjusting to the 2019 shortened season. I don't know how many teams are built for the for a full season after such a short season with depth and with potential injuries. Um, and I think the Rays are really, really built for that, uh, for longevity, even with all the all the injuries. You know, I, I feel like we have like a 10-man rotation right now if we wanted to. Um, so 
man, Yankees are still Yankees are still the Yankees. Blue Jays got a lot better. I I want I want to say no. I want to say first. I want to say we're winning the AL East again. I don't think we lost. We lost Blake. Yeah, we're winning the AL East. First in the AL East. I don't know by how many games, but you know, I think you I heard think... it here, folks. Jared Ward. <laughs> but, AL East 2021. You lose Blake Snell, you lose Charlie Morton, big arms. Yes. But I think the arms that they have both in the minors and you know can kind of piece together. You know, you take you take away two pitchers at five pitchers that make up. Those... <laughs> I mean, I bulk does I, make I, up I, for it. <laughs> it. It does make up for it. And I think the offense, the offense last year especially at the world series wasn't as good as it could have been you know i don't think randy's going to repeat what he did in the postseason but i think he's still going to be he's still going to be really great you know brandon Lau kind of struggled there and especially in the second half of the season austin meadows if he comes back in his 2019 austin meadows you know the offense the offense is there i think and the offense can be as good if not better than the than the blue jays or even the yankees and, the, and i think where the race have that advantage is they have an advantage in the pitching um mm-hmm. i you know at the top of the Yankees you have Garrett Cole obviously but kind of drops off and it drops off very quickly after that they lost and you've also you've also lost Tanaka and the Yankees you lost Tanaka you lost Paxton you lost Jay Happ like that's three out of your five right there where the Rays can like I said they could go a five-man rotation a five-man rotation like back to back with not as high quality arms as Garrett Cole, but you know, um, we beat, I mean, the, the team beat Garrett Cole twice in five games. So, and we won eight games against the Yankees last year. So, you know, who knows? I'm calling it, I'm calling it here first. We're winning the AL East. Let's run it back. Oh, yeah. Yes. I like that. Let's, like let's run that it back for sure. Jared. <laughs> well, Jared, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to talk to us. Uh, where, so before we end this, uh, where can people find you on social media? Find what you're doing, find everything at D Rays Bay, all the like. Yes. Uh, find I, the D Rays Bay website website is draysbay.com you can also follow them at draysbay on twitter uh and then for me i'm on twitter at jared s ward and on instagram jared s ward uh where you can find all of my spicy hot baseball takes and spicy hot theme park takes if you're into that yes well uh jared thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us we really really appreciate it you've been awesome and uh for everyone listening uh we hope you've enjoyed this episode uh we really enjoyed recording it with jared it's been a great time uh if you haven't followed what we're doing at the raise the roof network jesus lord we've done a lot recently uh face you know, we don't have a facebook i don't even know why i said that but facebook might be coming yeah, but um yeah probably not but uh twitter instagram tiktok twitch youtube uh we got the website going all of it is raise the roof tv um except for the youtube channel it's just uh it's just raise the roof uh on twitter uh raise the roof tv rtr tv are all capitalized everything else is all lowercase for the most part um and the website just raise the roof tv.com if you guys have any comments questions anything about podcasts anything about what we're doing uh make sure to email us at our gmail account raise the roof tv at gmail.com and for this podcast you can basically find us anywhere that you're currently listening to this so spotify apple podcast google podcast all that good stuff make sure to like follow Follow, share, drop us a um, uh, great, great review, all that good stuff. So uh, from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. Raise up, baby.